on Wednesday night, Lincoln Riley released his first game of the year depth chart. Thursday morning, he met with the media and explained which stars shined the brightest. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. We are real close to 4,000 subscribers, YouTube guys. Get me there before game time. You can do it. While you're on YouTube, also make sure you hit that thumbs up button. It means a lot to the show. And I don't want you to miss an episode all season long. Hit that bell notification button. And you're going to get me five times a week, Monday through Friday. This episode of Locked on USC is sponsored by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. So, most times when players move up the depth chart, it's it's based on merit. Other times, it's it's the next healthy man up, right? I think by now. Most Trojan fans understand that Lincoln Riley loves to keep his opponents guessing, the media as well, and uh, especially when it comes to the injury report. So what what do you think the San Jose State uh, coaching staff thought when they saw USC's too deep at offensive line? As I mentioned, Lincoln Riley released his, uh, his depth chart, depth chart Wednesday evening. And Thursday, he meets with the with the media. We get on Zoom with him. We ask him questions. Very forthright and uh, very candid. He answers all of our questions. So, again, when the depth chart was released, immediately everybody's looking at, all right, well, who's first string? Who's second string? Let's start with the offensive line, as I mentioned. There was, uh, there was a few surprises there. Uh, not a surprise because I told everybody this was going to be happening. You heard it first on Locked on USC before you heard it anywhere. I hope you remember that. Jonah Monheim starting left tackle. A mild surprise is backing him up is true freshman Elijah Page. I said, you know, he that was going to happen. He is the heir apparent. Like I said, I'm not really surprised by Page. He He, he looks the part, and by this time next year, Oh, man. <laughs> Cannot wait. Now, the left guard spot is really interesting. I'm not ready to go emphasis times three yet, but it was interesting. This is where I saw the first or designation. Emmanuel Crayon or, are you ready for this? Alani Noah, true freshman and a three-star offensive lineman. Okay. You have a true freshman, offensive lineman, three-star. wasn't one of the higher-rated guys. Out West, he was well-known, but nationwide, wasn't the most highly sought-after guy. Well, he wasn't even enrolled early, so he didn't have a chance to work out with the team during spring camp. The other guy, Emmanuel Preon, the, the transfer from Wyoming, he wasn't even ranked coming out of high school. 
So now that junior is bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, and he's getting ready to start his first game as a USC Trojan. Or is Alani Noah going to be starting? Got to love that or designation. I have a feeling Riley's going to go with a player who has game time experience at the Division One level, but we're going to see a lot of Alani. What makes this an easy, an easy decision for Lincoln Riley and for Josh Henson, despite having you know the the lack of star value in either player, Eman or Alani. Either one of them is going to be playing between Jonah and Justin Dietrich, who is the uh, you know the starting center. Thursday morning, as I talked about, um, Riley met with the media via Zoom, and he explained why and how a true freshman found himself with that or designation. Quote, he's been one of our best O-linemen, end quote. So sometimes it's just that simple, but I think it also goes a little bit deeper. Because uh, Riley also said, he's incredibly gifted, really, for a young guy. He plays hard, plays really physical, and he's done a good job picking up our stuff. He's a smart kid. He gets the game. He's still learning, certainly. But he's playing with some guys in there that have played a lot of ball. Jonah, Justin. And that's certainly helpful. He's He's been very good mentally. Just impressed with his consistency, his, his physicality, effort, and kind of mentality that he plays with. And for any offensive lineman, that's where it starts. You have to have that, and he does that consistently. Like a veteran, you love seeing that. Back at the start of fall camp, Cooper Lovelace knew what USC had with Alani Nova. Quote, we could go down the board at each position in the O-line. But Alani, really, oh my God, there are some flashes. I'm telling you, I know we can't show you guys film or anything like that, but if there was a moment where you could see some some of the things he's doing, he's going to be an extremely elite player, end quote. So, as I mentioned, he's going to be sandwiched between Jonah and Justin. That gives Riley a lot of confidence. Now, tell me this, though. How many bingo cards had Killian O'Connor, a preferred walk-on sophomore, backing up Justin Dietrich? Well, Killian O'Connor? Home of Rancho Santa Margarita High School, Catholic Santa Margarita, Margarita High School, also home of Carson Palmer. Well, he is second in line behind Justin Dietrich in game one. The right guard, no surprise, you have Jared Kingston. He's being backed up by Gino Quinones. And Michael Tarquin looks to be holding off Mason Murphy at right tackle. Again, no surprises there. Now, if you are keeping score at home, you heard me talk about it now. The two-deep offensive line has two true freshmen and a preferred walk-on in the two-deep. It's crazy. Keon Hudson may have been the MVP of fall camp 2023. That was another quotable from Lincoln Riley Thursday morning. What that means? Hudson or Brendan Rice will start on the outside at receiver Saturday. Defensively, look, besides a true freshman starting at linebacker, there weren't any real surprises. I've been hinting about it. It's out there. Taka Curtis will be starting next to Mason Cobb when the Trojans take the field defensively. Now, there might have been a little bit of confusion with the first depth chart that was released. Um, 
basically it was the position designations and I'm here to tell everybody, don't be confused by this. Again, Lincoln Riley just likes to do things a little bit differently. And just because you're listed at nose tackle for game one, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're going to be playing in the game, let alone designated in game two. So who starts be between Keon Bars or Bear Alexander or Dejon Benton? Because all three of them were listed at the first line with the or designation at nose tackle. So uh, how do you flip a coin on game day with, with three guys? Apparently Tyrone Tulaney pulled the short straw at nose tackle because he's the only one who didn't get the or after Dejon Benton's name. Tyrone's going to play. The rest of the game one depth on defense looked like this. I'm going to run through it real quickly for you. The official depth chart. Anthony Lucas or Jamil Muhammad at rush end. I predicted Lucas would start. Raylan Shelby is the third man up. At defensive tackle, you have Jack Sullivan or Stanley Taufo. Behind those two, you've got freshman Elijah Hughes. Small little surprise. Nose tackle. Went over that already. Defensive end, Solomon Bird. No or. Second in line, Romello Height. Third in line, Corey Foreman. Weak side linebacker, Hackett Curtis. Behind him, Eric Gentry. Behind him, Rajon Davis. I'm telling you right now, Rajon Davis is probably going to play more than Eric Gentry. Scott Schrader from over on WeRSC.com. Got some good little intel there for you. Your middle linebacker. You've got uh, Mason Cobb, Shane Lee. Nickelback, Jalen Smith is going to be your starter. He's back healthy. He'll be playing in front of Christian Roland Wallace. And in front of him or behind him, there's that true freshman, Chris, Christian Pierce. Starting cornerback, Sierra Wright. Backing him up, Christian Roland Wallace. Backing up. CRW, Prophet Brown. It's actually CRW or Prophet Brown. Free safety, Max Williams or Bryson Shaw. Backing them up, Zion Branch. Strong safety, Kalen Bullock. Second string, Anthony Beavers Jr. Told you he's going to be up there. Third string, Christian Pierce. Cornerback starting, Jamani Jackson. Backing him up, Jacoby Covington. So there it is. That is the official depth chart release. Lincoln Riley, he talked about it the next day, asked him some questions. There you go. We're going to see who holds true to form. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about after the next week. Who performed well? Who moves up the depth chart? Who moves down? If you didn't hear a player's name mentioned, more than likely, they're a little bit too dinged up to play. So... You're looking at today's rundown. There, where were your depth chart surprises? The biggest ones, obviously, two true freshmen and a preferred walk-on in your two deep at offensive line, protecting Superman Caleb Williams. Hey, Trojan fans, stop stressing out trying to get tickets. Download the Game Time app. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best prices guarantee, 
you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Trojan bandwagon fans, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's cool. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, literally two taps, and you're set. Boom, done. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you're never having to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Excuse me. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked on College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Don't I don't want you to miss. I forgot to mention this earlier in the week, but you still have plenty of time to go check me out. More of me. The two-part ultimate college football preview is live on the Locked On Pac-12 channel. You can catch me on a few of those episodes. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in this segment, we're going we're gonna to try something new this season. Called Yay or Nay, Game Predictions. Obviously, Game 1 Predictions. Before each game... Uh, this season, I'm going to do a, a segment called Yay or Nay. Basically, it's going to be some predictions with, you know, a unique take, a little twist here and there. And where I'm going to have some facts and stats and conjecture, and I kind of throw it in a blender, mix it all together, and spit it out, pour you a drink, tell me if you like. Well, I love the feedback, which, by the way, we're going to talk about the Friday rant in our next segment. But first, let's get started. First, the ARNA. The USC Trojans offense will score more than 50 points on Saturday. Yay. Can the Trojans be close to that number at halftime is probably the better question. The, I, I've mentioned it throughout the week. USC is open as a 30 and a half point favorite over the Spartans. Last year, though, San Jose State's defense, they finished the season giving, they had a seven and five record. And they only gave up an average of 22 points per game. And no one scored 50 against San Jose last year. But statistically, their defense did get worse uh, the longer the season went on. Uh, in an er Check this out. In an early season loss to Auburn on the Plains, Jordan Hare, uh, Auburn barely won, 24 to 16. But by the end of the season, San Jose State was losing 43 to 27 against at San Diego State, 35 to 31 at Utah State, and 41 to 27 in their bowl game loss to Eastern Michigan. Here's a fun fact. When USC took the field in game one last year, kicking off Lincoln, the Lincoln Riley era, 
But Trojan scored 66 points against Rice. Also, remember, they had three pick sixes. The the team, USC surpassed the 40-point the plateau nine times last year. The only uh, the only other team USC scored 50 or more points was um, Colorado, though. I'm going to give you my final score prediction um, with the last yay or nay. So stay tuned. <coughs> Next. By the way, do you agree? USC will score at least 50 points. Yay or nay? Caleb Williams will throw four touchdowns and pass for over 250 yards. That is an easy yay. And I also believe Superman's going to do that in the first half. In his debut last year, he threw for 250 yards, 249 to be precise. He was 19 for 22. <laughs> Man. And he had two touchdowns. He also ran for another 68 yards. Um, yeah. Look, I don't think USC's USC's not going to need their defense to score 21 points off of turnovers this year. Uh, nor will they be tied at the end of the first quarter. Caleb is setting himself up for another Heisman Trophy run. And he's going to use the Spartans defense uh, to send that message. So that way, yeah. While everyone was, uh, remember, last year, USC's offense kind of, it, it got started a little slow while they were getting to know each other. They're not going to have that problem this year. Like I said, how close to that 50 points will they be by halftime? That's really the question. Next, yay or nay. A true freshman will start for USC against San Jose State. Yay. I mean, I kind of gave that away in the opening segment. The coaching staff loves the way Tackett Curtis plays the game of football. USC defensive coordinator Alex Grinch said that Tackett plays the game the right way. Could not be more positive about Tackett. For a freshman to come in, learn, and understand but also kind of be the model of how you want a guy to play. He's been one of those guys in the hit that the head coach has pointed to in team meetings just from an effort standpoint. Whoa. <laughs> That's high praise. Here's some more high praise for Tacka Curtis. When members of the coaching staff and your teammates start to refer to you as Captain America or when Caleb Williams refers to you, uh, calls you a, a destroyer, chances are you've got a pretty bright future. Yeah, that's why he's starting. Some of it has to do with Eric Gentry not being 100% healthy, but I think Tackett has earned this opportunity. Oh, quick side note with the linebackers. I think besides Tackett and Mason Cobb, Rajon Davis is probably going to see the lion's share of work at second level. Again, just because um, guys are a little bit dinged up and they want to keep the veterans healthy, Rajon is a veteran too, but he's got more to prove than Shane Lee and, and Eric Gentry. So he needs more time on the field. And he's looking forward to it. The uh, Trojan defense will create four turnovers in this game. Nay. And they don't need to. What everybody wants to see with this defense is just a solid all-around performance with a bunch of three-and-outs 
exactly like Mason Cobb was talking about after yesterday's practice. Just good fundamental open field tackling and signs that, you know, that the younger players are going to be capable backups if called upon throughout the season. That's what we want from the defense in game one. With that said, I do think that USC will create at least two turnovers and at least four sacks. That was one of the issues that Alex that kind of bothered Alex Grinch. And, you know, for good reason. USC, if you were if if you were not Tuli Tuiapolotu, you were getting to the quarterback, but you weren't bringing him down, or you're just a step late. They can't be there that late this year without Tuli. So now you're going to start generating sacks. Here's a fun fact for you. Last year, um, San Jose San Jose State quarterback Siobhan Cordero, he was brought down 42 times behind the line of scrimmage. In the three seasons previous, the Spartan quarterbacks were sacked 44 times combined in three years. I don't know what that says about the offensive line or that Cordero has a little bit of competitive nature to him and he tries to keep the play alive too long behind the line of scrimmage before he takes off. And before you know it, they're playing behind the sticks. So that's why I predict four sacks. Reggie Bush will be back at the Coliseum on Saturday. Yay. But not in person. Well, he might, I don't know, but he's not going to be leading the team out of the tunnel. But his jersey number, it's going to be up there in the peristyle. So check it out. There's going to be eight Heisman banners in the peristyle. You know who is leading the team out of the tunnel, though? You heard her here first. Or I, I, I already talked about it over on WeRSC.com. I heard about it earlier. Sorry. T2, Terrell Thomas, former cornerback for the Trojans. He's going to be the guy doing this, doing this, running the team out. Cannot wait. The Trojans' defense will hold San Jose State below 20 points for the game. Nay. My negative prediction has nothing to do with a lack of confidence in USC's defense. Zero confidence. It has nothing to do with that at all. However, I, I do have reason to remain skeptical until the product shows what they are capable of accomplishing. Believe it or not, last year, the Trojan defense actually held five of their 13 opponents below 20 points. Rice, Fresno State, Oregon State, Washington State, and Colorado. Now, save for the Oregon State game, each of those games were played at the Coliseum. Saturday's game is also at the Coliseum. However, unlike last season, there's a lot more depth on this roster. And because of that depth and a lot of young, talented players, they're going to get their feet wet. Bench is going to get emptied. And I, at that point, some, some point during the late in the second half, I think San Jose State will cross that 20-point threshold. And this is why my final score prediction USC 63, 
San Jose State, 23. Told you, it's a no field goal game for USC. I'm sorry, Dennis Lynch. You're going to have to be satisfied with seven extra points. <laughs> you think you can hang? I know Trojan fans will be happy. It's time for my Friday rant. And look, communication is so important. And maybe I'm responsible for part of this. I'll assume some of the responsibility. I was taught in communication 101 that the most important aspect of communicating is conveying your message clearly. Because if you don't do that, then the person can't respond to you. So with that said, here, if I'm assuming part of the responsibility, the other part of the responsibility is on the listener. If you're not sure, ask, and I'll clarify it for you. So why do people only hear what they want to hear? I love my listening and viewing audience. I'm telling you that sometimes you guys, you're frustrating. Hey, and like I said, I am too, but still, it's my show. I wouldn't be here without you, though. On yesterday's episode, I led the show with the following question. It was the lead-in. Is the next number 55 playing for USC? Music, music, music. Yes. Then I filibustered for a couple of minutes, and I was talking about the linebackers and their leadership quality. And how much better they are and the impact they're going to make on this team in year two, especially from a tackling point of view. I, what I was doing, I was building it up to talk about Mason Cobb and Tackett Curtis, Curtis specifically. I need a sip of water, excuse me. Mm. Verbatim. This is what I said. Here's the thing. Cobb doesn't need to wear number 55 to be a leader. He's worthy of the jersey. I acknowledged that Mason would only be around for a year. And then I even transitioned into why Tacker Curtis is going to be the next guy tapped on the shoulder to earn the number 55 jersey. Maybe some of you were confused when I said that if the 55 committee held a vote, they would agree that Mason was worthy of the honor, not that he was going to get the jersey this year. But trust me, my favorite Trojan family fans, you are none of you, none of you compared to the Oregon and Utah fan base. I mean, oh my God. I thought Oregon had the least sophisticated fan base. Utah is, they're coming up hard. They're chasing. We start with Oregon. Now, again, I take some responsibility here. I know I have the ability to kind of stir things up and see things a certain way that can be interpreted as arrogant. But again, tell me where the lies are when you point out to an Oregon fan base that their defense was barely less crappy than USC's defense was last year. Go check out the numbers. 
There's about a 20 yards per game difference. Yeah. And then check out, you know, again, you can't compare apples to apples because schedules are different. Oregon's defense, in a nutshell, suck just a little bit less than USC's. My favorite interpretation from Oregon fan is that there's no way you could turn around a defense as bad as USC's in, in one year because apparently that can only happen on offense. I mean, that was the logic. You can't do it on defense, but they don't they forget that USC's 4 and 18 looked pretty damn good on offense by just bringing in a few good players. Yeah, Caleb Williams is a great player. But USC improved tremendously on the defensive side of the ball in the offseason through the transfer portal with a lot more better players than they had last year. And I'm not sure how else to explain to Utah fan that despite as bad as USC's defense was, it's not exactly like the Utah defense could stop the Trojan offense in Salt Lake City or in Las Vegas. I mean, we know Utah pulled off a one-point victory at home. Excuse me. And they weren't able to stop the USC offense in Las Vegas in the conference championship game until someone found Superman's kryptonite, which is apparently a pulled hamstring. So now all of a sudden, a year later, Utah is coming to LA. And they think that the Trojan offense is going to regress at home. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to beat USC in LA. You think you're going to beat them three times in a row? <laughs> puff, puff, pass. If I did. All right, look, that's it for this Friday rant. I'm done. Not a Nothing major, but, you know, I... I do it sometimes too. We we tend to hear what we want to hear sometimes. But if we're being honest and we're listening carefully, there's usually some truth in this, some of the stuff that you know upsets us when we when we hear criticism. So there you go. Look, by the time you're watching or listening to this episode on Friday, the Trojans are going to be at some point 24 hours or less away from their first game. Season's here. Yes. Do yourself a favor, Trojan fans. Get out there. Enjoy these last seven opportunities to see Caleb Williams up close and personal. The team wants the stadium filled, sold out. Do your part. And then um, call me back at some point this weekend. I'll be back. You can call me at any time. You know where to find me. I'm going to be back at some point this weekend. Uh, giving you my reactions to the game. And then on Monday, we're going to start a full breakdown of how USC looked against San Jose State in their first game of the season. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.